0: Back in the 90s, I was in a very famous TV show. Oh, 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 I'm BoJack the Horse. BoJack the Horse, don't act like you don't know. This is Of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben, an episode-by-episode analysis and breakdown of the Netflix original comedy series, BoJack Horseman. I am the Ben of Of Leslie and Ben, and I am joined, as always, by... The Leslie. It's a very straightforward show, people. You shouldn't be confused on this point. It's two people talking about BoJack Horseman. One's named Leslie, the other is named Ben. Leslie, what are we talking about today on Of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben?
1: We have now made it to episode four, Zoes and Zeldas, which is one of my favorites of the first season by far, even though it is in the accursed first six episodes before the show gets quote-unquote good. I think that it's my favorite because it introduces a lot of new themes into the show that we'll be talking about. And I also think that there are some... Pieces of commentary on new media that I know that you and I both want to talk about.
0: Folks, let's talk about episode four of BoJack Horseman, Zoe's and Zelda's. This episode begins with BoJack as a stand-up comedian, where he is getting heckled by a young Herb Kazaz, who gives BoJack advice about how to be a successful stand-up comic, telling him that you have to stop asking people if they get the joke. Uh, meanwhile, in the modern day, they are at the roast of Gloria Steinem. And when I say they, I mean all of them Bojack Horseman, Diane Nguyen, and Mr. Peanut Butter, as well as staff writer for BuzzFeed, Wayne, who is writing an article on Mr. Peanut Butter. Wayne posits a very terrible theory that every person is either a Zoe or a Zelda in reference to the two kids that were on Mr. Peanut Butter's sitcom. You are either an optimist or a pessimist, or as he says, a Zoe or a Zelda. This grates on my nerves, in particular. Todd casually mentions that he has been working on a rock opera for a while, and that leads into the main plot of this episode, as Bojack Horseman agrees to help coach Todd through the creative process of his rock opera, acting as a kind of haphazard and not really terribly invested producer. Todd's success seems eminent when Virgil van Cleef offers to take it to Broadway, and Bojack, afraid of the fact that his one friend quotation marks around friend, might actually be more successful than him, sabotages his work with the help of character actress Margot Martindale. Wayne turns out to be a piece of shit. That's the whole story.
1: Let's talk about this, because when you lay the synopsis out like that, it seems very straightforward, but the fact of the matter is that you don't find out that Bojack sabotages Todd until the very end, and that is kind of... That is a curveball that's thrown at you, and it's honestly what makes this entire episode enjoyable. It's hard for me to describe it as enjoyable based on that. uh, But it's what shows me that there is going to be so much deeper nuance into the show other than wacky hijinks these characters get into once a week. Like we're not doing things that may or may not have consequences. We're doing things that prove that Bojack is not only self-centered, that he is actually incredibly self-serving as well. Up until this point, you think that the things that Bojack does to other people are sort of negligent as far as
0: as caring about other people. Oh, yeah, this is malicious.
1: Yeah, this is the first instance that we see in which he outright sabotages someone else's chance at happiness in order to preserve his own. And, And that's what I really like about this episode, because we're beginning to see what Bojack is capable of in order to preserve his own equilibrium and it's kind of disturbing
0: oh it, it's 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 yeah it's awful this guy has um barely any morals and a lot of money and connections that he's obviously in the way that he's presented in the show connections that he's not really doing anything with but now this is the first time we see that yeah no he, he can be motivated when he wants to and that's to screw over his friend yeah hey butchuk's a piece of shit
1: Bojack is a piece of shit. He is not a good guy. He's not a good guy at all. And and that's what I like about this episode. This is the first... I mean, sure, in the past episodes, it's like, okay, he bought muffins and ate all the muffins out of spite, which seemed kind of low-key and a bit silly. And sure, he's...
0: Yeah, but Neil McBeal deserved it.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, Neil McBeal. God. And then he may have slept with Sarah Lynn, which is disturbing in its own right. But all of these things up to this point have not ever seemed like premeditated attempts to manipulate the people around him. Whereas this elaborate scheme to keep Todd from following his dreams and also to keep Todd thinking that Bojack was helping him follow his dreams as opposed to the opposite. This is where you're really starting to see Okay, this guy is bad. He is not a good person. And we spend honestly the rest of the show figuring out a why he's not a good person and b what he thinks about not being a good person. And I think that this is laying out the groundwork for that in such a concise way and in such a definite way. I absolutely love this episode.
0: This episode is phenomenal, obviously, because it allows us to peer into BoJack's soul like that. But this is the first episode where we get some real honest to God Todd development. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the plots of this episode is that somebody, I forget who, I think it's probably Diane, suggests that like, wait, Todd's been living with you for so long and you've never really asked him about himself. It
1: was it was Diane, which is
0: obviously which is obviously in itself a prompt for us to realize that we don't really know anything about Todd other than the fact that he's a slacker. It's the fourth episode in, so that's actually a perfect transition into learning more about this character by having one of the characters realize that he doesn't know anything about this character. We get some honest god Todd development. We we get some we get a sneak peek into his past. That then gets exploited against him to ruin his future. Yeah,
1: yeah. In 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 a really fantastic sight gag. One of the, one of the best of the earlier episodes, in which we find out that this this video game that he's obsessed with, with the heavy metal cover and the guy with an axe, is like a match three game. Decapitator. Yeah, decapitator. That it's like a match three Tetris type situation, as opposed to the carnage that you thought it was. It's also it's uh-huh. also great because we get a very first uh our very very first albeit tiny 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 glimpse of um Emily. We get our first sighting of Emily, oh, yes, his girlfriend yes. that he that we find out more about later. Uh you know, you only get to see
0: And features prominently in yeah. season 3.
1: And you only get to see like From the nose down, not even like the bottom of the nose down, but you can tell it's her. And I thought that was really great continuity.
0: Yeah, one of those things that they probably just decided to expand upon later. And I guess when you only show half of a person's face and haven't cast them yet, you can kind of easily come back to that character.
1: Oh, sure. It just, I just, I just really like the attention that they pay to that. And uh, this is another testament to it. So we get a lot of development of Todd. Um, He obviously is continuing to navigate through his life with the same optimism. And let me think of how to say this, we see him navigate through his life with the same amount of optimism and kind of like not quite dim wittedness, but we're almost there, uh, that that he's been displaying throughout the first three episodes. But we also find out things about him that we didn't know previously, like about his video game obsession, but also the fact that he once ran from a Russian mob, uh, which is of course different from the Mexican cartel or whatever it was that he was that he was trying to avoid being killed by when he put on the quinceañera in the episode 1. So well, he has I, a mob think, problem.
0: Well, that's one of my favorite gags in this episode is I didn't know you were on the run from the Russian mob. Well, a Russian a, mob.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: Exactly. Like like Todd
1: has some mob issues and uh come to think of it that kind of figures into a deep a A B story later on in another season that we'll get to i can't recall if it's two or three but it uh it's the one where he actually now that i think about it organized crime and todd is kind of a running thing because
0: absolutely
1: because when he's in in we'll get to all of this later but of course there's the instance in jail uh, and then there's the instance where he and the weird prince guy switch places. Like, this is a whole problem that Todd seems to have, where he seems to get involved in specifically organized crime that that he has no, no business getting involved in. It's so interesting. It happens to all of us. It's understandable. Like you do. You know, he gets involved in organized crime like you do. Um, but, yeah, so I really, really enjoyed all of that, uh, all of those nods are fantastic. Those, those little clues that we get into the life of Todd, which is clearly far more complicated than Bojack ever thought, far more complicated than we ever thought. Uh, you know, I also really appreciate how apparently in the past, Bojack has consistently invited Todd to go do stuff only to then knock off for strippers instead of taking Todd, wherever it was that, that he was supposed to take him.
0: That's what Bojack is, a disappointing sitcom dad.
1: He really is. He really, really is. And I think that 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 matters.
0: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I mean, that defines their early character relationship is that he is resentful of Todd.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's something that gets explored fairly, fairly frequently and fairly deeply that we're going to get to go more into as the episodes progress Another thing that I really enjoyed about this episode is, and I know how you're going to feel about this already. I really enjoyed the Zoe and Zelda dichotomy and how they try to make it so simple. The characters do attempt to try and make it so simple to split someone into one personality or another, which is such, such a thing in, in new media and in, in, this culture of trying to define somebody by an archetype mm-hmm. and i think that one of the better parts of this episode is the end where I've got, like i said i just can't i just can't get enough of the end of this episode so not only are we being shown bojack paying everybody off and and so we're able to suss out that he's devise this whole plot. But over all of that, there is a monologue that's going on by Wayne that discusses how Diane thinks that she's a Zelda, but she's actually a Zoe and how there are good people and bad people. And I think that, and and I know that I know that we spent the beginning of this episode talking about how Bojack is a bad person, but I think that there's just something deeper in there. Um, with regards to trying to let the audience know that you can't put people in a box like that. And that yep. you can't put people in a box like that. You can't compartmentalize people into one of two types, good or bad. And I know that this may sound really, really, uh, I know that this may sound really, really fabricated deep as in, you know, as, as in uh, an overanalyzation, but that's, that's kind of the show, that's what for. the show is for. And that's what we're here for. And so I think that it's just really interesting that we can at the same time say, oh, Bojack's a bad person. And this is the first episode that shows us that Bojack is a bad person. But then, at the same time, it's being shown over this monologue that we should pick up on is saying, OK, well, obviously, you can't just say, well, there are good people and bad people, much like in episode one, where they lay out the entire premise of the show in the interview that Bojack is doing and he's describing right, yeah. what horse and around is not. This show is now in the episode four, describing to us Zoe's and Zelda's as if that is a concrete thing. And we know it absolutely isn't.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And that's, that's obviously a meta reaction that we, we can't possibly infer if that's what they intended, but that's certainly the reaction that we're receiving just by watching it. Um, oh, I think you I, was don't, ha- <clears throat> I don't think that's fake oh. deep at all.
1: Oh, I think it was absolutely intentional, to be honest with oh, you. Ha- all right. Having having watched that particular episode 4 times now, I've watched cuz <laughs> I've well, because I've run through the whole show twice no, uh, no, on my own. And then I watched this episode again twice. Um having watched it 4 times now, it is a very deliberate meta thing that they have done. But it's not something that you would ever be able to pick up on until you've seen the entire series in my opinion
0: sorry i I guess i i didn't mean to say it wasn't intentional i just think that's certainly more of a meta reaction on our ends than maybe anything that was explicitly put down as right i
1: see i see yeah no that no that makes absolute perfect sense to me but i think that i mean i guess you do have a valid question which is while all of that is true maybe saying it wasn't intentional isn't the right word but there is a way to explore how much of that meta content the writers were going for when when they and first And certainly there is plenty in this laid show. this out. Yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely.
0: That's one of the things we have to figure out in not just this but like in all sorts of of um, you know, modern media is what are the what are the reactions for the audience that are intentional by the writers? You know, i.e. feeling sad, you know, when someone dies or or whatever. Um, Or what are the sort of, you know, meta reactions that are kind of individualized to each person or require certain levels of subtext and thought that may not be for the general audience. And and those are reactions like the ones that you and I are having to this show, Um, you know, while we're also getting sad when characters die and all that.
1: And that's why I love this show so much. Stuff like this is why I love this show so much. Because even as early as four episodes in, you get an ending like that where you are left questioning what the intention of the writers was, how much of it was just telling a story, how much of it was telling you the larger story of what this show is going to be and what it's going to mean. While also introducing us to the concept of how low Bojack can go in terms of wanting to make himself happy before anybody else.
0: Mhm. I completely agree. Yeah.
1: So, and I know I told you that I have so many thoughts on this episode. It's mostly about stuff like that, and so I don't, I don't mean to dominate or manipulate this conversation, or, any, or monopolize it. Rather, I just, I just, <laughs> I just love this episode, man.
0: Not at all. This is the reason people are listening.
1: It's just such a good one.
0: And if you are listening and enjoying this, go ahead and leave a review on iTunes. That's five stars, and it helps people find us. <laughs>
1: So now that we've gotten that bit out of the way, I really want to hear your thoughts on how they portrayed, I mean, specifically Buzzfeed, but also all new media websites that are similar to Buzzfeed in the characterization of Wayne and his Buzzfeed article on Mr. Peanut butter. They clearly were making a statement with this. And I think that, I think that you have a couple of opinions about it.
0: I feel like you're I feel like you're hyping me up like a wrestler or something like
1: No, it's true though because like
0: like I feel like you're uh, you know like the, b- folks, he's got opinions about BuzzFeed, he's got opinions about new media, <laughs> weighing uh, however many pounds from Portland, Oregon, Ben Hamlin.
1: All new that media. I'm trying to say, All that I'm trying to say is that I feel like you and I both have our our corners of expertise and that i have spoken about mine (laughs) yeah and i really and i really want to hear your thoughts on this
0: well i'll cut a promo about how much i hate buzzfeed in a second uh yeah folks i'm about to uh uh to damn infinity break and of horses and men with leslie and ben to relative obscurity because i'm about to piss Ah. off the only uh media outlet that millennials read anymore (laughs) Uh, (laughs) folks i fucking hate buzzfeed (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hate BuzzFeed conceptually uh, I hate BuzzFeed in practice No, um, it's, not, it's not BuzzFeed's fault um, Although, no, it, it kind of is because they contributed to this Culture that we exist in of, you know, the way Media is distributed and written About um, But it, it's all over the place um, You know, and, and there's a lot of Guilty parties in this um, in this mess um, I even in I mean in college I literally gave presentations on like Huffington Post and how they didn't pay writers for like a very significant period of time.
1: So that's important. It's important to discuss why we're not a fan of BuzzFeed and why we're not a fan of this yeah. this this surgeance of new media and how articles are being published and written and how content is being manipulated these days. So it's very important to go into why.
0: Yeah, folks. I, I should perhaps lay down some credentials. Other than likes, BoJack Horseman. Um, I have a bachelor's in digital communication arts and new media communications from Oregon State University. Uh, where I got it isn't doesn't matter that much, but it wasn't. I didn't like buy it in a dark alley. Um, I earned it, <laughs> and I wrote uh, presentations about this kind of stuff. Um, I hate BuzzFeed for, and I I don't just mean BuzzFeed. I mean. Look, it's a type of site.
1: BuzzFeed and its ilk.
0: BuzzFeed and its ilk. It's articles that, you know, focus more on clicks than they do on actual content. It's uh, things that are just drowning in pop culture without having any new substance to them. It's, it's all that kind of stuff. It is, in this episode, I think particularly, I'm actually going to refer to my notes here directly, taking very complicated concepts and distilling them down into pop culture references and it's the compulsory removal of nuance from society in favor of very simplistic symbols and dichotomies like zoe and zelda.
1: Yep. Yep, absolutely. And I I I can't wait until there is a day in which we disagree on something because that'll be a fun day. But so far, but so far I agree with everything that you've said, particularly considering the the simplification and sort of the dumbing down of nuance in order to give us sound bites or text clips or tweetable just tweetable things that could be used to try and make an edgy slacktivism point or whatever it is there's a lot going on with media now that appeals to people's inability to think
0: mhm and in this respect it's not buzzfeed's fault buzzfeed's just a part of this system that started with you know the way news was reported online in like 2010 or 2005 like it's been a it's been a slow kind of downgrade what once we accepted um sidebar advertisements as our primary means of supporting the internet digital economy um that clicks matter more than the content um and you know we have a joke on twitter um we it is i.twitter.com um no, there's like a joke on Twitter that anytime anyone compares anything in real life politics to Harry Potter, it's usually met with the caption of dear god please read another book.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like this election is just like Voldemort, like all of that is just so so
0: <laughs> dear very god very counterproductive. please read another book.
1: <laughs> it is so just dear god please read another book. Um so I would like to discuss what you think Because I I, I kind of know what I think, but I feel like my thoughts are not as cohesive as yours are in terms of what statement you think this episode of the show is making about sites such as BuzzFeed with this characterization of Wayne and with this article and with the whole concept of Zoes and Zeldas.
0: Well, sure. I mean, I think what I was kind of... The reason I brought up the Harry Potter thing is that Like I think that's like a huge problem is that we are taking these, the these complex, complicated uh, topics like foreign affairs or the way our governments run or whatever, and we we have to dress them up in the clothing of like children's literature or '90s sitcoms or anything like that. It seems like the way that modern media gets reported to millennials. Uh, this is not a criticism of millennials. I don't think this is millennials' fault. You're hey, a millennial. I, I am a millennial. I do not think this I'm is I'm a millennial
1: f- technically speaking.
0: Uh yeah, yes, no, yes you are. Um, I do not think this is millennials' fault. I think this is a problem with the way that we are marketing news to millennials. That everything has to be dressed up in references to friends and nineties sitcoms, or to Harry Potter and children's literature, or, you know Oh, Trump is just like Thanos or, or, you know, whatever nonsense. Like it feels like it is, um, it it has been a a slow sliding scale downward into not being able to engage with complex themes directly and instead having to mask them behind juvenile interests from, you know, your average readers, teenage or, or, or middle school years. Um, and I don't say that as a as a bashing of any of those particular subjects, because um, I'm a dude who has a comic book movie podcast. Um, like, obviously, I, I relish in the ability to discuss critically uh, complex media ostensibly aimed at children and teenagers. I just don't like it when that becomes our only frame of reference for how we discuss bigger issues past that
1: and i think that there's so much there i th- and i think that there is so much weight placed on m- l- lazy media i want to call it lazy media i'm going to call it lazy media because that that's what. Be it is i think it's very lazy because what will happen is you'll get an article that is full of half truths and opinions and it'll get tweeted out and because everyone wants to talk about how horrible Trump is or because everyone wants to talk about this thing that happened in the news today no one actually even reads the articles anymore they just they just yep. retweet or repost or whatever media or whatever social media you're using to consume your news you're just getting a lot of garbage and noise and it's and it's i feel like i sound very get off my lawn with this but But I promise I'm not. I just feel like we have become, we have entered into a symbiotic relationship with lazy media to the point that they don't have to put out anything of substance because we don't bother reading anything of substance.
0: Yeah. No, that, that, that is completely fair. And that's the perpetuation of like kind of garbage culture. Where yeah. people like, look, sorry, folks, I uh, hey, can't stand Kardashian culture. Um, where you know stuff like that, and and the the Paul brothers or whatever their names are, um, like gets gets fed into our news cycle, and and God, I, I, I there was just a, it's this dumb like Banksy ass piece of graffiti, but it just said like, stop making stupid people famous, twenty fifteen mm-hmm. or something, because it was a while ago. Sure. And like boy, does that sum up my feelings about. Uh, oh right. The way the way quote unquote you know relatable journalism happens these days, and I I also just hate relatable journalism in general. Some of these things. Yeah. Don't need to be relatable for me, to understand them, and it's it's when I ever whenever I scroll down Facebook because I guess I've got nothing better to do, um, and I see things like you know like ah uh, you know blank is having a baby, and I—I I think I might just need to sit down or whatever. And that's the headline. <laughs> I hate that shit. I hate that shit.
1: I feel like this is yet another example of uh, my mind
0: is blown learning these ten facts about frogs. Stop. <laughs> Stop.
1: I feel Stop like this that. is another example of the um, you know, the picture of Steve Buscemi with his with his uh skateboard. Like, how do you do, fellow kids? Like, I feel like. So much of it is reaching to try and appeal to an ever-changing demographic, an ever-changing demographic, and that's why a lot of it doesn't make sense, because in my personal opinion, the younger of the millennial generation has sort of clung to a weird neo-Dadaism when it comes to their senses of humor, oh, yeah. because because of, of the state of the world, and the fact that everything is a fucking garbage fire, so what else are you going to do, I guess? And so because of that... The people who are trying to monetize the interests of millennials don't know how because they don't know how to target it because it's a constantly moving target. Um, and because of that, we get lazy media. We get garbage garbage articles. We get whatever yeah. they think will stick.
0: And it's not any one publication's fault and it's not any one editor-in-chief's fault. Like, the problem is that I I I don't like... Being told what my culture is by being, you know, by being told that I, uh, because I grew up in in the 90s, I must have loved friends or whatever. And I also don't like my, the parts of my culture that I actually participated in, you know, in the 90s and the early 2000s or, or modern day or whatever, being fed back to me insincerely for monetization and profit. And look, I get it. Like journalism is hemorrhaging money. And you know, papers are closing. You know, every other week or whatever. I like, I totally understand it, but like, I I just feel like there's a better way to. We can tackle this. Um, but but kind of going back to BoJack Horseman, um, uh, this episode talks about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we just went on a this. This is a podcast about BoJack Horseman.
0: Uh, so does actually a, a good chunk of season four when Diane essentially becomes a a clickbait writer for a while. At Girl Crush. Yeah, Girl Crush. Um, yeah, I don't like being told that I have to have like a woman love Wednesday or mm-hmm. a throwback Thursday or whatever. Like, I don't that's not my sure. culture. I, th- th- that's the thing. I, I, sure. I don't like being told what my culture is supposed to be.
1: And I think that it's great that Bojack is sort of the mouthpiece for all of us in the way that we feel about this, because he does question, you know, the validity of a BuzzFeed article in and of itself. Yeah. And then he immediately And then immediately it's, uh, i think it's mr peanut butter who says so says you know the the zoe because i guess yeah that's that's the archetype that they've decided to put him in so and it's just ah, it's just really smart commentary it's just really smart commentary on everything that we just discussed with regards to what's wrong with lazy yeah, they're, media there there
0: no nuance allowed there there cannot be an in-between or a gray area or a third option it's it's you are you are this pop culture reference or you are like this pop culture reference and, and that, you know, yes. that obviously this episode was written like four years ago. That is not only a call out to the way things we do things now. I mean, but that's also like that kind of dates back to the fact that like when BuzzFeed first started, it was all quizzes. <laughs> you know, which yep. which Harry yep. Potter house are you? Which Sith Lord are you? <laughs>
1: Yep, it was. It used to be nothing but quizzes, and it was an aggregator of articles from other sites, if I remember correctly. Before they decided to yeah, start creating thing. "quote unquote" original content, yeah. But now here we are, and I think that it's so great that uh, this show. I just I know I already said it. I'm going to be a broken record on this. The ending was so good because it absolutely subverted that. It absolutely subverted that expectation. Yeah
0: no I agree completely uh, Leslie you and I have actually already talked for 40 minutes on this episode um, we wow. got passionately involved in new media culture and uh, and uh, journalism stuff so do we want to touch back on some other things about the episode uh, before we close it out because I think we have covered a majority of the stuff that was important in this episode
1: uh, yeah I think the only other thing that I wanted to say about this episode uh, one quote that really stuck out to me as foreshadowing for future seasons and for Bojack is when, when they're talking around the table at the Rose Gloria Steinem and Todd says that he's worthless, I think, or, or something like that, or useless. And then Bojack says, you see, you say something to somebody enough times and eventually he internalizes it. And that was fascinating to me, not only because That is a very very blatant and very obvious reference to bojack himself as we will later find out as the series progresses and his upbringing but also it colors how the rest of this episode goes because as we'll as we'll go on we will discuss how bojack perceives himself and how he makes that into a self-fulfilling prophecy but also in this specific episode It is contained in this little bubble of he believes that he is, for lack of a better term, a stupid piece of shit. And then he goes and he does these horrible things. So I just I really, really enjoyed the inclusion of that line. And and I really appreciated what that meant in a broader sense. And I really wanted to make sure that that got brought up because that was definitely one of my favorite, favorite details.
0: Yeah, that that's brilliant, and that that also highlights a lot of uh, future character development for, or or arrested development for a lot of these characters. Um, sorry. Uh, so uh, real quick, just one of my. Uh, obviously, this episode features uh, Virgil Van Cleef, which is a fantastic character. Uh, voiced by the incredible Paul F. Tompkins, using uh, essentially his uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber voice from Comedy Bang Bang, and uh, probably several episodes of Spontanea Nation with Paul F. Tompkins,
1: which is particularly funny when he actually says something about Andrew. Lloyd, bleh, when he says something about Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber in that voice, that's nice. very hard to say.
0: I don't know if you're familiar with Comedy Bang Bang, but it's Andrew Lloyd Webber and Cake Boss are his like two go-to characters.
1: Well, I, I certainly have something new to listen to now, that's for uh, sure, because i got to no, hear
0: that. No, don't. Comedy Bang Bang is, like, each episode's, like, three hours long.
1: Oh, jeez. Okay, and well, the, eh, we'll see. That's we'll see how boring the I get one day.
0: and then the TV show version just isn't good.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um,
0: yeah, no, it's, it's something, like, you... It's something you should only experience in, like, best-of clips on YouTube, not actual fair. full okay, episodes fair. or anything.
1: Right, right, right. No, um, I can, I can jive with that. But anyway, it was just really funny to hear him talk about Andrew Lloyd, Lloyd Webber that way.
0: Yes. When perhaps. he,
1: what is it he says he, what is it he says that he could be a real hot penis about yeah, everything? He
0: could be a real hot penis about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely wonderful. Um, if I, if I may, uh, I think one of my favorite jokes in this entire episode was when they were introducing him as a character. And the, the line was said, think of all the great rock operas from the last 20 years. And the other, whoever was the other end of that character.
1: It was Bojack. It was was Todd talking to Bojack. And Todd says, Princess Carolyn has gotten Virgil van Cleef to come and screen this. And then Bojack is like, who is Virgil van Cleef? And then Todd says, okay, think of every rock opera in the last 20 years. And then Bojack takes like a two second beat. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Because there are none. And it's just fantastic.
0: (laughs) Because there are none. (laughs) Yeah, that was just such a good joke. It's like, just think think of all the great rock operas. Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) It's so, it is such a low-key, understated joke that it really, really, really lands. And it's one of my favorite jokes of the episode as well, for sure.
0: Yeah, those kind of subtle anti-humor digs are some of my favorite types of jokes, period, but especially in this show.
1: Oh! Another thing I want to talk about for a second is the fact that that ending monologue of Wayne's that we get after he's done, and he's and he tells Diane that she's supposed to be with him and not Mister Peanut Butter, and he leaves, and it's revealed that Mister Peanut Butter's still oh, in fuck. the room, and then he's like, "I," and he's like, "I like that yeah. guy." Like, it's gonna take a while before we begin to see Mister Peanut Butter's less
0: yeah, he's still a gag character,
1: dopey and loyal side, but. F- yeah, he's but so he's definitely very much still a gag character at this point.
0: But God, that was funny! Like the dude nearly propositioned your girlfriend, and he's just like, "I like that guy."
1: I, I like I that guy. God, I love that part.
0: <laughs> Fucking peanut So do I. Uh, no, no. Uh, if, if anything, yeah, don't listen to comedy bang bang. Listen to um, listen to Nation, the Superior Podcast. It's only an hour. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's, I am a show a lot more fun and, and fun. That's, that's my, that's my take. Listen to a live episode. Live episodes are, are hilarious. Speaking of episodes, this concludes episode four of Of Horses and Men with Leslie and Ben. I am the Ben of that.
1: And I am the Leslie.
0: If you liked this show, please do consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. The more five-star reviews we have, the easier it will be for people to find us, and the more people can enjoy this show with you. If you would like more people to directly enjoy this show with you, please consider telling your friends, as that makes our job a lot easier. We don't really spend money on marketing, so that would go a long, long way. If you would like to check out other shows from Infinity Break, please go to infinitybreak.net where you can find all of our shows, webcomics, podcasts, and videos over there. Uh, We are launching a number of new shows this year, and now is a great time to go and check them all out. It will have already started launching by the time you are listening to this, but I highly encourage you to go check out "Curses," a Roll With It anthology podcast. Uh, That is going to be a Pathfinder pirate-themed actual play podcast. It's D&D, but with voices and sailors. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's close enough to a proper description of this show. Uh, if you like this show, uh, consider leaving us a donation on Patreon. A monthly donation of $1 can go a long way to helping us develop new shows for your listening pleasure and making our existing shows sound that much better. We thank you very much for your support, no matter how you give it to us. And thank you very much for listening. Once again, I'm Ben Hamlin. And I'm Leslie Yates. And this has been Of Horses and Men. With Leslie and Ben. That's us. That's
1: us. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: All right.
0: That's the, that's the episode. Fabulous. This podcast is part of Infinity Break, where we're telling stories our own way. You can find all of our shows, podcasts, webcomics, and more at infinitybreak.net. Stay up to date with new show announcements, behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, and updates on your favorite shows. You can follow us on any social media platform by searching for Infinity Break 23. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash infinity break. Every dollar helps us improve the quality of this show and create new shows like it for your listening pleasure. Thank you for listening, please tell your friends, and as always, stay in the loop.